Hey, what's up? It's The Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Lante. The Michigan Wolverines, national champions last night. That's all I want to hear about. Admittedly, I didn't see a lot of the game. No. Uh, My son was insistent on playing in the other room. (laughs) Pulled me away from the TV a lot. And uh, ultimately, I wasn't too mad about it. So, uh, the game got out of hand late. Was it 31-14, the final? I believe that's correct, yeah. And Jim Harbaugh and Michigan versus everyone. We know who ultimately won that. Um, the Wolverines hoisting the national title trophy and what will happen next for Jim Harbaugh will be interesting to to follow and monitor in the coming weeks. I wish I knew that JJ McCarthy wasn't from the state of Illinois. Yeah, I think I would I, I think I'd be a lot handling of people, I think I'd be handling it better. And I wish I knew that Blake Corum would have left for the draft like Chase Brown did, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of coming back. It just seemed like everything worked out for him. Everything worked out. They stole signs. They still won. I, it's just, hey, it's good they to be Tom Michigan. Green on their sideline. Right. <laughs> good to be Michigan. Jim Harbaugh did say something kind of funny. He said that he finally gets to sit at the big boy table because his dad won a national title in 2012, I believe, or two. I'm sorry, two, I think, with Western Kentucky. Must have been one double A at the time. And then... John Harbaugh won the Super Bowl in like 2013 Super Bowl. So Jim said, I've never been able to sit at the big boy table until now. So he gets to, he gets to sit there. So yeah, that's, this is the makings of an ugly show when you start out with Michigan won a national title. And we got other things. We got it, and there's other things. The subplot, <laughs> obviously today, if you're in Atlanta country and following the happenings that have Sped up here. Uh, more details have come to light, and thing, things are moving in terms of the wheels in motion on the Terrence Shannon Jr. front. We mentioned at the end of the show yesterday as far as the filing for a temporary restraining order uh, on the note of Terrence in in relation to his suspension. So that would be something they'd be looking to get immediately waived or, or just kind of put on hold as they navigated through that. Uh, there's a lot to break down in this because since then we've seen the the – complaint from the uh, alleged accuser come out and, and be public uh, so that that is out there as well as the affidavit from the j- grad assistant that went with Terrence and Justin Harmon to Kansas who said that he was with Terrence uh, throughout the duration of the trip was pretty much assigned with monitoring him right. and making sure everything uh, went well on the trip and that uh, while they were at the bar with some Kansas players he says based on what he saw that that nothing uh, happened. So uh, there are a lot of different angles to approach this. We'll try to do our best to inform you as best as possible. Uh, I will just throw out the disclaimer now. I, I'm by no means a Hell. law expert. Uh, I don't watch Law and Order, law and order uh, you know, CSI, <laughs> whatever. Um, I did I, watch Suits. Does that give me... I mean, they're about... That's attorneys, so maybe I've got a little bit of knowledge. Yeah, I, I would much more of my comfort zone talking about Ken Palm and analytics and interviews. And uh, this is a whole different realm, but it is what uh, we have on our plate today. And obviously is a very important case for Terrence Shannon uh, as his future and his present are both uh, being weighed here and, and potentially in jeopardy. Uh, and then just Illinois basketball season, which I know is kind of the, I won't say it's the secondary story here. Right. I mean, it is in, in terms of the, the criminal happenings and whatnot, but the reason there is a filing for a temporary restraining order is because Terrence is trying to get back in an Illinois uniform as soon as possible. And as we know, Illinois currently a top 10 team. And with a guy that was on a fast track to being a first-team All-American, of course, their season and outlook changes a lot depending on 
whether or not he is there. So uh, let's start there. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of texts come in on the U of I Atlanta Link text line. We welcome those, 217-359-2255. So what we know, or what at least has been released as far as this, and, and there's been rumor, like there's a lot that's been on Twitter. We've really held back on saying too much. I mean, we are like a lot of people, and, and maybe even in some senses uh, had heard even even more, but we have been very delicate in terms of speaking on things that were rumor, speculation, what have you, because this is a very sensitive situation, and we don't know, uh, you know, what is confirmed as far as details and uh, variations of the story. And you get the game of telephone; things seem to change. So you wonder. Uh, so, long story short, we haven't told you a lot as far as what we've heard, but. Uh, what the what what is Terrence Shannon? Let's start with what is Terrence Shannon Jr. accused of? Uh, he was in a bar, the Jayhawk Cafe, late at night, early in the morning after the Illinois and Kansas game. He was there with Justin Harmon, uh, the graduate assistant for the Illinois men's basketball program as well, and he was accompanied by some Kansas players. Those have not been named, but I would have to. Now assumptions are dangerous. I want right, to say right, that, right, but right. Uh, it would. Be no surprise if, if Hunter Dickinson was sure. was with him, a guy that he's familiar with, Kevin McCuller, who was a teammate with uh, at Texas Tech uh, as well. So they were said to have been hanging out after the game, and then the grad assistant drove them out to the bars, and they were at the Jayhawk Cafe. So um, the alleged victim approached or was in the same room as Terrence Shannon, according to her account. And again, this is this is alleged was in the same room of a bar as Terrence Shannon. She alleges that Terrence waved her over. Her and her friend walked out of the room. She then told her friend that this guy who she found attractive that is in the in the account waved at her. Her friend said, why don't you go talk to him? Right. She goes and talks to him. She says that as she got close, Terrence pulled her in, put his hand on her, on her, on her butt. On her bottom. Um, she was wearing a skirt. She alleges that the hand then worked its way in up the skirt and that there was penetration with his finger um, for 10 to 15 seconds. She then, uh, according to her account, walks, brushes through the crowd, walks away, goes to her friend, tells her what happened. They leave the bar. And um, then there's accounts based on the her phone was turned over to the police department they then had a report that that's been released as far as her her searching of the Kansas basketball roster, the Illinois basketball roster, uh, Kansas State as well. Kansas State is, yeah. is what she originally searched, um, and that she recognized. She says she recognized Terrence Shannon with the dreadlocks, uh, and that that is how she then led to that next following afternoon filing a a report, a complaint, and uh, it had been has been under investigation and had been under investigation since that point on, really. And Illinois okay. was then, of course, to, to merge the timelines, Illinois says they were informed late September that Terrence was a subject of an investigation. Well done on that. There, you're, There's so many different pieces here to go through, and you did a great job of explaining exactly the alleged incident that, that occurred out in Lawrence, Kansas. What we know here now is, of course, yesterday – we had it on our show at the very end that Illinois, I'm sorry, that the attorney, Mark Goldenberg, mm-hmm. uh, and Terrence Shannon filed for a I'm temporary restraining that, order, seeking an injunction involving yes. the suspension. And so because there, there is mentioned Title IX, 
and such that they have now turned this into a federal mm-hmm. uh, to the federal court to make a decision on this. I yes. know today that a, a judge on the federal level recused himself or herself, and now they're trying to find a, another judge to preside over the case and to, to preside over this uh, that would allow, I believe, Terrence Shannon to then play. But uh, we thought maybe there could be an announcement today or tomorrow from the from the, the local level. But, of course, then it's now passed on to the federal level. They're hoping, I believe I read this, to know something by Friday. Um, for those that are following along on the basketball side, obviously he would not be available for the Michigan State game, which is Thursday, mm-hmm. but possibly – for the Maryland game, which is Sunday. But, again, that's only if this is allowed at the federal level. I know that, that Brad Sturdy tweeted this out about 30 minutes ago, said that Terrence Shannon's lawyers today filed for a TRO, Temporary Restraining okay. Order, motion in the federal court. The University of Illinois' response to that is due by January 23rd. The earliest this motion will be heard is January 23rd. Ah, They're attempting gotcha. to... Um, find a judge that would ex- expedite the proceedings and whatnot. So um, that's one account as far as I know that Brad uh, has been in contact with one of the many there. I think there's, there's six lawyers yeah, or maybe so. uh, there's, there's a number of them on, on Terrence's legal team right now. So uh, that's one update. And of course, this is a developing story. And of course, the timeline matters here for Terrence Shannon. And, and I speak to just Terrence Shannon, not for Illinois basketball, whereas everybody understands how much better you would be to have Terrence Shannon back on this team and how that could help you in the Big Ten. It could help you in March, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But for Terrence Shannon himself, as we've mentioned before on the show, he's essentially auditioning right now for his career. Yes. And so his career is one that he could be drafted in the NBA and make upwards of you know, in the low millions, you know, three, four, whatever million, and as a first-round pick. And it came out today as well from the – I don't know the legal terms, but from Terrence and his attorney that Terrence helps support his mom mm-hmm. and all of his brothers and sisters. Um, I think on both his dad and mom's mm-hmm. side, I think his dad and mom got divorced when he was young. Yep. So he is – I would assume due to NIL is able to help support his family. And now they're saying not only a couple of things that if this continues, he'll lose NIL money, which then would not be able to support his family. And then of course, if this continues past the draft, I can't imagine any team drafting Terrence Shannon, knowing this is hanging over Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and when it would happen again, because you know, uh, loss. These things take time. They they take time, and obviously, um, it could drag on. And I think it would drag on unless something is done to speed this up past the NBA draft. So, therein lies the issue with Terrence Shannon, in the sense that, sure, he could maybe go into the draft next year, but you know that's mm, pretty tough. And I and I I don't know. I guess he'd have to come back to school though. To go, well, would he, yeah, because he'd have to go. If he left school after this year, then he'd have to go play professionally, I would assume, mm-hmm. or if he elected not to, I guess. But anyway, the, the point is that there's a timely, timeliness here for Terrence Shannon in terms of his career. Absolutely. And I know that's part of his argument is that in the meantime, this is to show that he is being faced with 
uh, a big time, you know, suffering big time lifetime life and career altering circumstances if this suspension is continued to be upheld. And I know that part of what they're asking for is obviously due process sure. and then the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. So within that, he is using the case of uh, that his playing time at Illinois is having a direct effect on what his professional career is going to look like. That yep. his status as a projected draft pick, which he was improving upon based on the way he was playing, is something that is going to obviously impact him beyond this season going into the summer when he could be drafted. Of course, even if he were to play, if the suspension was lifted and he's still in trial going into the, the draft, then there might st- he probably would still face the hurdle of, is he going to get drafted oh, with that hanging over his head? But uh, in his mind, if, if he is deemed innocent, but this process just takes throughout the remainder of the season, obviously there'd be a lot there lost in terms of potential – gaining ground with his stock. Uh, I know that they're also, his legal team's also arguing that by the suspension being upheld, there is kind of like the the public perception or, or sure. just, uh, of him being guilty. Yep. It's not yep. really a, it kind of is, is counterintuitive to the, the legal process of innocent until proven guilty. If his suspension is kind of, for lack of a better way to put it, guilty until proven innocent. There's no doubt. Um, I understand the university side of this, absolutely. But uh, yes, in the in his letter, and he wrote, I know that's on IlliniInquirer.com uh, as well as the News Gazette have released a letter that he wrote to the committee, uh, I should say the, the hey, conduct panel. Before you get to that, yep. the three-person panel, did it did come out, right, that he they did sus- uh, uphold, the, uphold suspension. the suspension. Okay, yes. just in case somebody's out there and still wondering about that part of it, that it has been announced that they did uphold that suspension. Yes. Okay. That has been released that I know it was January 28th, uh, the Thursday that he turned himself in. Got and it. it by him being uh, charged with a, a felony uh, and turning himself in on that, that ignited a, a immediate suspension. Then 48 hours within that window, the conduct panel was then to start their investigation. I know that Terrence was notified that he could provide a written statement and any supporting documentation that he had for his own case to submit to the panel before they met. But he could uh, not be there himself. But he could not be there himself. Okay. Uh, and there was no like hearing or trial or whatnot uh, to go on there. Couldn't present witnesses on, on his behalf or, or anything like that. So uh, he did write a letter that's uh, dated January 2nd. On January 3rd, uh, he was then issued a letter that said the panel has decided to uphold the suspension uh, until legal resolution uh, is come to um, come to pass. Yeah. And, yeah. and then also, uh, there is, of course, the qualifier that's been here throughout the entirety of it that if new information is brought to light, the panel could reconvene okay. and reanalyze their decision. So, And while we don't have names, I know I read that there are two professors on that panel and I'm trying to think what the third, I forget now. I, I, there's so much stuff I read today. There's a lot. So I know that there's two professors on that. And, of course, we don't know their names, obviously. So, yeah. So, okay. So my apologies. So they Good. have upheld that suspension. Uh, so Terrence Shannon still suspended from all team activities for Illinois. Correct. So what he's arguing, again, is, is that the process – Based on his attorney's argument, there there wasn't a a opportunity for Terrence to be present in the the dealing of the 
of the resolution, the decision, not an opportunity for him to be heard beyond his uh, original written statement, for him to bring witnesses and whatnot. Uh, and that, although, of course, that panel was put in a very, very tough situation. And while uh, I know one of the arguments made by Shannon's legal team is that the panel seems to be acting in the interest of the university and not in the interest of Terrence, I understand that they're trying to protect their interests, sure. which is that it would be a, a bad look and potentially um, put liability on them to clear someone that is charged with rape to then play uh, for their basketball team. So uh, that's where it gets difficult. And the the process that is now going to take place or, or what is going to take place going further is that Shannon and his legal team are going to argue that the process is unjust and that the suspension being upheld was was found or, or the re resolution to that was, was not come in a, in a, in a just way uh, so that then the there should be a restraining order and, and an injunction on that. So uh, the odds of that happening, I have no idea. I know a lot of people right. are like, well, now that this, now that we know what they're arguing for and, and the, the points brought by Shannon's legal team and okay, does it matter versus Champaign County judge versus federal court? Like, I honestly have no idea. And yeah. I don't know, I, I'm not in a position to speak on that well. And I, I really honestly don't know. I'm sure someone with a legal background would probably have a better idea of maybe how often things like these are, are uh, overturned or sure. just you have the injunctions then set in motion. But honestly, I don't know. Efforting that, by the way, to be able to get someone that uh, knows this a lot better than us with, with regards to the legal side of things, hopefully maybe try to get somebody on today at the show, uh, on the show to be able to talk about that. Uh, you've done a good job of explaining this. Did you kind of go into the wording of what, Terrence Shannon had said. I think he had like a 1,600-word letter yep, he did. Right, to the panel. Yes. Okay. And that's been published again, if you want to read that. The full thing, I'm not going to read every word. Uh, Atlanta Enquirer and also the News Gazette have, have published that. Uh, for anyone wondering, this does not include, um, and to my knowledge, I don't think there is a an account of Terrence's as far as what he said to have happened. He is... Maintained his innocence, sure, but I don't think they're based on what is out there in terms of documentation. What is in there in terms of his letter, he hasn't said, okay, this is what happened that night. Um, whether or not he would argue that whatever allegedly occurred did not happen, was not him, was consensual, we don't know any of that at this point in time. Uh, but as far as his his wording here, um, he says that here we go. As for the criminal charges against me, I'm declaring my innocence as I did back in September. I've totally cooperated with that process. We'll continue to do so. I appreciate my lawyers and their ability to fight the case in court. I know that criminal justice system takes time. My day in court will not come for a long time, most likely uh, long after the NBA draft, and I may not be clear to the charges until it's too late. The harm that I will suffer from an immediate suspension can never be undone, and I will never have this opportunity to further my collegiate career or fulfill my lifelong dream uh, playing in the NBA going forward. I want nothing more to play than to play for, play basketball for the University of Illinois, and I remain hopeful that my due process rights will be honored and allow for a full reinstatement while this case is pending. Okay. It's uh, the other thing, and I'm kind of thinking things here as we go. The cameras in the bar 
did not ever catch them together. Correct. But there was a blind spot, correct, mm -hmm. that, um, that, in other words, is where possibly the alleged incident happened. Yes. So they see, the, the cameras see the alleged victim and her friend enter into that room, and then you could see them exiting the room, of course, to, to recount or to, to bring back the, the alleged stories that they are in the room, they're leaving, they see Terrence, they exit, and then they end up coming back in. Um, so on the video surveillance, uh, according to what's been released, is that you never see Terrence and the alleged victim together. And you do see the alleged victim come back into the room, then leave the the camera shot for two minutes as it's as it's reported um, and, and recorded, I think, in the, the criminal document. Um, okay. And then come back in, go to her friend, and then they leave. So uh, there is no video evidence. Uh, I know that as far as if you look into the the case for a restraining order or just what's been put out there by Shannon's legal team, they've said that there is no video evidence. There is no there are no witnesses that have come forward and said they've seen it uh, to their knowledge. And then there's also uh, no physical evidence to their knowledge uh, that what is alleged is proven uh, okay. to have happened. Uh, Big Def on the U of I Lenalink text line, he said, I thought I heard an assistant dean was the other person on that panel. That is correct. That That is what I had read today. If that Three-minute stations. So there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot out there, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, Line I Inquire, News Gazette, a lot of stuff on Twitter. Um, and if you have an hour to kill, I mean, you can sit there and read through all of this stuff that uh, that – Obviously, a lot of us are inter very interested in, uh, due to being fans, obviously, of Illinois and and uh, hoping that Terrence Shannon could somehow still play again this year. I, I know that's, you know, I, all the law stuff. I mean, we've got, yeah. you, you battled through that, and you did a wonderful job with that. Um, I know what's coming out now, and, and I've seen from a lot of people that kind of text in on the U of I line, like text line, I hear a lot of things that people are, are pretty upset with regards to the idea that Shannon being suspended uh, is, is in other words, as you mentioned earlier, more of a guilty until proven innocent thing. And I, and I, I get that. I get that side of it. And it's just, it's just amazing. Like I, it, it keeps coming back to the timing for me because this, I mean, if you if you want to study law cases, you know, or, or court cases, you'll see that they drag out forever, a lot of them. And on this one, it actually is just hurting Terrence in terms of dragging out so long. If he's found innocent, mm -hmm. then it could still affect his next career move. Yeah, and and his entire I mean, not his entire senior season, but all of conference play. Uh, tournament action, et cetera. So that, that's the amazing thing is that if, if this was in the offseason or if this were someone that isn't hinging on the next three months deciding their future possibly, mm -hmm. then maybe it wouldn't be as big of a, a deal for his attorneys to be able to try to rush this thing and get this thing figured out because every day, every game that he misses is affecting a possible chance to play in the National Basketball Association. So it's – it's a lot to un it's a lot to unwrap and a lot to find out, and we don't really know a lot of the timelines yet, even now. 
as to, uh, well, we do know some of the dates, but in terms mm-hmm. of trying to rush this thing, who knows when, when something could come down in favor of Terrence in terms of being able to play again. Right, and, and as far as the landing spot in the draft, there is such a huge difference if he were to be a first-round draft pick versus having this situation, again, if he is found innocent, because if he's not, then obviously the NBA is off the table and a lot of things are off the table for him going forward. But the difference between a first-round draft pick, which I think he's put himself in a, a decent position, or at least the, the arrow is trending up if he's early second round moving towards the first round. and some people already have him out there as a potential first-round pick based on the way he'd been playing. What you're afforded in terms of a contract, a multi-million dollar contract with, I think it's uh, two years guaranteed, you get a third-year option as far as that goes. I, I think that's usually a team option, but um, one of the supporting documents that his legal team has here is the the rookie scale. Uh, mm. When you look back at this past season, let's say he's the last pick of the first round uh, and, and just based on what that looked like this past year, First year salary two million dollars. Second year salary twenty one, or I should say uh, two point one. <laughs> two point one. Twenty one. That's a heck of a jump. Yeah, I was I was going to try to say twenty one hundred. <laughs> twenty one hundred thousand. How about that? Uh, you know, yeah, uh, two point one million dollars. Third year option would be two point two million dollars, uh, and, and so on and so forth. So you, you're talking about guaranteed money. You're talking about big money. Big money versus let's say the trial goes through this season, past the NBA draft. What if then he is proven or not guilty? Then he signs like a unrestricted free agent contract. Maybe there's no guarantees to that. Right. And a lot as far as the footing at the next level. And beyond the money, also just like finding that landing spot. Like There's a lot different circumstances for a team that drafts you in the first round and how they – how they implement you into their plan sure. versus if you're just a guy they're taking a flyer on type right. of thing. Right. Now, again, it, if he's innocent, and we still ha- don't know that yet, so I, I think that's still something that it, it's hard to go back and forth on because there's that side of it. What if he's innocent this whole time and, and so much of this is taken away from him? And then there's the flip side of, of what if he did do this and Illinois, obviously they've they've – already made their ruling but what if this injunction is granted and he turns comes back in an Illinois uniform and 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 whatnot so I there's the the hard push and pull of of that in a lot of people's minds I know a lot of fans out there and people who feel like they know Terrence sure or even I'll just flat out say people who do know him probably feel a, a clear side of we believe him and we want him right. back and whatnot right. and I, I fully understand that but it's hard until we have more information come. If it is going to come, it makes you wonder what else the DA possibly has to have charged him with this. If there, if it's only just one, if it's the alleged victim's account and nothing else, because part of what the Shannon legal team has presented is that Justin Harmon, who was with Terrence, has not been interviewed. The grad assistant for Illinois basketball That's had crazy. not been interviewed. And up until last week... I, by by putting it in there, it said up until January 3rd, Kansas players who were in the bar with them and in that group had not been interviewed. I don't know if that is assuming that so they were after January 3rd interviewed, but even then, why would you wait until right. that time to interview people that were in the room? I, again, I, I'm not a legal expert, but there are some some questions that arise uh, throughout all of this, and unfortunately, we don't have all the answers. It happened 
either late at night or early in the morning, and then the victim reported it the next day in the afternoon, correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah, and then you would think then that you would try to get in touch of people that, that had maybe possibly seen this. Now, she had a friend with her, but the friend did not see this occur, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, Big Def on the U of I Lenlink text line again. I do believe in innocent until proven guilty, but are there any precedents for college athletes being reinstated by their teams to play for their teams after being arrested and formally charged with any crime, misdemeanor or felony, while awaiting trial? I think the important question, part here, I I, yeah, I don't know. And I know a lot of people have always have continued to bring up the Alabama situation last year, but you put it correct in the in the sense that he was able to still play with Alabama because no charges were brought against him at the time. Yes. Whereas Terrence Brandon Miller Shannon, was not charged with anything. Right. Terrence Shannon has been charged in this and, in this case. And another difference, I know there is a difference in these two cases being related to each other, but Arterio Morris, who transferred from Texas to Kansas, was charged with rape in Lawrence late August mm. was immediately once he was charged he was immediately kicked off the team from wow. the Jayhawks now he had some previous issues um when he was at Texas so I think that, that played into kind of maybe like they brought him in with a zero tolerance like hey Got don't it. mess up again or don't be put don't be put in another situation that could put you in trouble and that was just an immediate dismissal and that case still has yet to be resolved but that also kind of gives you the timeline of if that happened in August, as far as being charged, right, and that still doesn't have a re resolution, that speaks to what Terrence's side is arguing is that we're probably if this does go to trial, we're not going to have an answer. Obviously, within Illinois basketball season, um, but also maybe even the NBA draft. But then again, I, I don't think that you know the court system is not going to. Let's just say it flat out. The, sources, the court system is going to care far more, and they should, about getting it right than right, right. the timing. Well, it's unfortunate that it's during a basketball season. No, that's, that's exactly right. Um, but you also can see why there's the pressure from Terrence's yes. side about having to get this done now. They should be on the aggressive, um, and I think they Without are. No doubt. And I, yeah, I would not want to be this federal judge that has to make a decision as to whether or not Terrence Shannon is able to come back and play uh, before any of the court dates uh, if they're able to get this done. I mean, that, that's a big decision on that part. And I, I think another thing that people are wondering mm, is – not sorry to speak over No, you, you're good. That how – what is the university's approach going to be to this? Right. How hard are they going to argue for their side, their – their process and their decision, I would imagine that they are going to staunchly back that they handled this the right way. Sure. And that this is not an unjust thing. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if deep down still those who are, whether it's Chancellor Jones, any of the the major pillars of this university as they think about this decision, if in their heart of hearts say, you know, we'd like to err on the side of caution of this. Absolutely. We would like to not put somebody out there in uniform who could be guilty of this versus having him sit out while this plays out, even if it means the basketball team isn't going to go where they otherwise would have went. And and that would be a hard reality for Terrence and, and for other people, but I do understand if that's kind of yeah. how they feel. I saw 0% chance of zero. 
when Josh Whitman announced what was going to happen next when he met oh, with you yeah. with regards to this three-person panel, zero percent chance that Terrence Shannon was going to be allowed to play. Now, we talked a little bit yesterday, I can't remember, on the air or off. It does take some liability, if you will, some some of that. It takes it away from Illinois if mm-hmm. the federal court decides he can come back and play. At least if you're Illinois on that side, you say, well, look, we did what we felt was right, and we were overruled. So, in a way, it would be a win-win for not only Terrence, but I think for the university, granted, if down the road this turns out to be guilty on Terrence's part, then you would have had a season where you had Terrence Shannon playing for you. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's tough, man. It's a, it's a really, really tough situation and gosh I mean I'm just trying to think of like I get, I'm, I'm sure this happens more often than not a compar- and, comparable situation yeah exactly yeah, no, I'm, I just don't nothing's coming to me uh, I don't know I do think that and look this is speculation but to your point about kind of liability and 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 whatnot and as far as the DIA and I think it's important that people know that the DIA and the university are operating independently for the sure. most part. Sure. I mean, they're not, they're not intertwined that uh, if you're a employee of the DIA, I think technically you work for the university, right? I, I don't fully um, maybe have all the details as far as that goes, but uh, they, there are, di- they are different decision-making bodies and, and whatnot um, with of course some, some relation. But what I'm, what I'm getting to is that if, this is a court-ordered return. If the court says your suspension is invalid, invalid, Terrence Shannon is no longer suspended, I think that the DIA would be able to very easily say, okay, this is out of our hands. Right. Well, we, you know, we did what we felt was right through our process. Uh, the court said that he should be given a due process, that he should be presumed innocent uh, until proven guilty, and that he should not be suspended. I don't think Illinois would have a problem playing him. That's my yeah. That's the way I look at it. Um, There's just so many waves to this, but there are. I mean, imagine if so. Josh Whitman let it known that Brad Underwood is not any part of this. Right. They take it out of the coach's hands. If they if they go ahead and reinstate him, per the federal court, now you're Brad Underwood. You're a human being, right? And you're then deciding – I mean, I know Brad technically is out of it, but I guess Brad could easily say, well, you're not going to play. I, I mean, yeah. I, but, but st- I mean, and I, I don't think he would. I think Brad would play him like you just said. But, you know, just – and then it's just down the road. If something happens and he's guilty, then imagine, you know, the way Brad Underwood is viewed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's just so many yep. layers to this. Yep. I know Lance uh, had a good one on the U of I Atlanta Lake text line. Imagine that the restraining order on the suspension is put in place and he is allowed to play, which I don't think will happen. But just imagine for a minute, whenever Illinois is on the road, can you imagine what those crowds, especially the student sections, will be like towards Shannon? I know we had someone send this in and we didn't get to it the other day, but I- I've thought the same thing. Yes. I mean, it would be it would be ugly. Very ugly. The, yeah. the chances of, of – of, really ugly so yeah I, I mean there's just a lot <laughs> well Andy says Alabama last year but again Brandon Miller was not charged he was not charged with um the crime as Terrence Shannon has been 
I I guess one of my questions would be, do they have enough proof to to charge Terrence Shannon with this? I, you know, without talking to witnesses and such. But there again, I, I don't. I'm I'm believing what I'm reading. Yeah. So and like we talked on yesterday, you know, we're hearing this side of it. We're hearing right. all the Illinois Terrence Shannon side of things, yep. and not the other, not the alleged victim. But yeah, I mean, you know, basically you have the victim goes to the police. Her one witness that was with her did not see it occur, mm-hmm. and then there's no video. There's no video of it, and then none of the Illinois party was consulted that were with Terrence. They say they didn't see anything, but they have not been talked to, I don't believe, by the Lawrence police. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, so, I don't know. Then there is said to, based on the le- Shannon's legal team saying, to our knowledge, there's no physical evidence. If it's true that there is no DNA, because you'd imagine there'd be a test as far as that goes. Right. If there's none of that as well, it could be a very hard, it will be a very hard thing yeah. to prove, barring some other piece of information that hasn't been presented yet. And I think that's part of what you have to keep in mind that as we're learning more about this, don't assume that everyone showed their cards yet. Correct. All of their cards. We don't know what all, we don't know what the DA is holding against Terrence uh, as far as their evidence, because we haven't seen it. doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And uh, I do wonder as far as whenever we hear it, which we will, if it goes to trial, what Terrence, his actual account of this is. Mm Mm-hmm. If he says, like, I didn't do anything. Right. If he says that it was something that happened that was consensual, whatever. I I am going to be interested because up to this point, we have not heard that part of the story. They're never seen on camera together. Correct. So, in other words, there's no history, essentially, between these two. Yes. That night, in other words. You yes. Know, like, they hadn't met and visited for a while having a cold beer and then then the alleged then the incident occurred mm-hmm. I mean it, you know I, I, I go through like if if what is being said is true you know then I, I it's just hard to imagine that situation taking place within 10 seconds and then you know that that would be consensual you know what I'm saying I yeah yeah but there again is that true I mean you know is, is any of that true Bill has a good point Shannon could be acquitted tomorrow students will still be vile. The reactions of others is not justifiable concern to be considered. I, I agree. True, I mean, right. Uh, Daryl says, I have so many thoughts on this. I keep going back to what I tell my boys. Don't put yourself in any position that could lead to something like this. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, and it's tough. It's, 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 hard. it's hard to talk about. It's out of, like I said last week, there's over your skis and then there's way over your skis when it comes to understanding all of this without really – I mean, we weren't there. Right. The the thing that I just keep coming back to, like, is just – I don't know this, and I don't know how to say this without, like – so she essentially had no witnesses to this and was able to get a charge on Terrence Shannon from her word, essentially. That we know of. That we know of. So, I mean, that's that, that to me is kind of scary in a sense, but I also want to see her side of it too, right? I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not totally backing Terrence Shannon when I come to these times where I just need to shut up. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, 
it's it's such a major thing in both of their lives that however this breaks i mean this is something they'll be linked together forever you mm-hmm. know and and i mean you just hope that the responsibility of understanding how damaging this could be for her if it did happen and you would feel horrible for her the rest of her life yes and I've, I, I don't know anyone that has that has occurred to, but I've seen shows and sure. I've seen people talk and I've read people talk about how it's changed their lives forever and trust issues, et cetera. And then you look at the other side with Terrence, if this didn't occur and 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 he, you know, is found innocent, but... But the price you'd have to pay in the meantime would right. be enormous. And, and it's a story that will, that will always be here, right? I mean... If he's found innocent and has had to miss the entire season, then 10 years from now, we might be sitting here going, well, remember that season when Illinois wasn't able to have Terrence Shannon, even though he's found innocent. You know, I mean, so there, it's just so heavy on both sides of this. And I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Speaking somebody, of- somebody asked uh, uh, if Kobe played. I'd have to look that up. I don't remember because he was charged of – of rape, of rape right? in Colorado. In, in Colorado, yes. that's yep. right. With a lady that worked at a hotel, I believe. I believe that's right. If I've right. got yep. that story correct. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Speaking of heavy, we've gone heavy on this segment. Yeah, we We're have. We're about uh, 40 minutes in. Plenty of you weighed in on the text line. Continue to do so. 217-359-2255. you want to voice your opinion, questions, anything, Hit us up there. Before we catch a break, we'll let Lon do a little work. I mean, you, you don't think I like shows that I get to talk about Pop-Tarts and stuff? And yeah. I like those I a lot talk some better. NFL. Yeah. Um, That's fine. I don't know what else we We have to talk add. about bears? Yeah, I want to. Okay. Oh, I, I, I actually want to talk about that <laughs> in comparison, even though it's going to make me mad. <laughs> hey, Busey wants you to know that uh, if you're – in the long-term planning and you're handing over a business, let's say, uh, it, it, it's time to get prepared for that now from the day-to-day operations to long-term planning. Running a family business is hard work. You, they want you to plan early. If you think you're going to retire and you own the business and you want maybe your children involved, then you need to do this like 5 to 15 years beforehand to make sure the transition begins and they understand what they're doing, uh, communicate that plan very well, ask for help from experts like Ed Busey to add objective objectivity, excuse me, and prevent oversights. There's a lot of there's a lot of pressure when you're handing your business off to the next of kin and you want to make sure you do it right. Make sure Busey can help you. Whatever your financial needs, business and beyond, they promise the resources to help you succeed. Stop into one of Busey's many convenient locations. Call 1-800-67-BUSEY or visit Busey.com for all your financial needs. Busey, member FDIC. You know what's next. Stop, member. When you're buying a battery, it's important to look beyond just the price and make sure you're buying a quality battery. So when you're buying one from the big box store, make sure you ask the question, what's the date on this battery? Is it dependable? Sometimes the big box stores have batteries that have been sitting on the shelf for years. Or you can just come to Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable, and buy your battery from the people who only do batteries. Interstate Batteries at 2504 North Madison Champaign, way out there, but totally worth the drive. How much is dependable worth to you? Interstate Batteries, open six days a week. 
Hi, this is Amanda Jean, the founder and planner of Inspire Your Wedding and Events. After the big yes, are you daydreaming about the big I do? Join us for premier, interactive, immersive, inspirational wedding showcase to bring together vendors and couples from all over central Illinois for your big day. Come away with ideas and vendors that will make your wedding one of the most inspiring days of your life. Save the date on Saturday, March 23rd at the historical and unforgettable Orpheum in downtown Champaign. For complete details, visit inspireyour.com. That's inspireyour.com. Get the roof your home deserves by Roof Doctors, your residential roofing specialist that has always offered the best warranties in the industry, like our non-prorated 50-year warranty. Our customers love that we are family-owned and locally operated. We make our customer needs our top priority. With over 30 years' experience and the best customer service, give Roof Doctors a call today for your free estimate at 328-7529. In your community and for your community, Roof Doctors. I-L-L-I-N-I. Cheer on the Illini and Pia as the pregame fun starts at Pia Sports Bar and Grill. Pia serves up its famous 10-ounce Slugger Burger along with great wings and so much more. Enjoy 350 22-ounce light and course light drafts every home and away Illini game. Watch the game at Pia's or ride the free shuttle to all home games. You'll find it all at Pia's with live video gaming, sports, food, drinks, and fun. See you at Pia's, West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Kelsey Furniture in downtown Tuscola sells Tempur-Pedic beds. What's it like? I'm going to tell you right now, Stevie, that that thing is the best thing I've ever slept on in my life. My wife and I both have said we've never had better night's sleep. And the people at Kelsey's were fantastic. Brian is the guy that helped us. You know, as much as I did my research, he has a world of knowledge about beds themselves. Oh, man, it's like sleeping on a cloud, man. Kelsey Furniture, downtown Tuscola. With the leaves and temperatures beginning to fall, it's time to make sure those furnaces are in great running order. Get that furnace tuned up so it doesn't let you down on the cold nights. Dogtown is the people's choice number one HVAC company again in 2023. Ask about the current 0% financing offer on all Lennox high comfort systems and single component units for qualifying applicants. The number is 217-841-4728. Dogtown Heating, Air and Plumbing, your home's best friend. Back in the drive with Tatum Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5, Derek my, Piper, Lante. My best line of the day was, it's so much easier to talk about this when the mics aren't on. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, somebody asked again, uh, you said you may have talked about this, but did the three-person panel, did they come up with a decision? They did. They did. On January 3rd, they decided to uphold the indefinite suspension until and I could pull up the actual letter that they sent Terrence that's been released, uh, but essentially they told Terrence that until legal res- resolution is found, they will continue to uphold the suspension. And if there is any new information that arises, the panel could reconvene and, and decide to meet again. But their decision upon review was to 
uphold the indefinite suspension. Okay. Uh, Wade said maybe they they went to a federal judge so that they don't put the burden on a Champaign area judge. But I mean, it has to do with there's a there are federal issues within what's being claimed uh, as far as Terrence versus University. You know, Title IX's involved in that. We could dive in, into that. I I, don't, I still don't fully understand all of it because part of the argument is that the university said that this was not a university related incident as far as it wasn't a team related incident Got it. that Terrence went on his own with Justin. But then part of the testimony is that the grad assistant was instructed or mm. to keep an eye on them and, and to supervise them. So then if it was a Title IX violation, the legal team from Terrence is arguing that it would have to then go through a Title IX review, which he'd have to then be deemed whether or not he is a threat to other people on campus and whatnot. That would include witnesses, a, kind of a, a whole process that would be afforded to Terrence versus just a, a panel independently deciding whether or not to keep Terrence suspended or not. Okay. I know we have a, a call in Tapman's Towing JP phone line. from Buckley. JP, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. We're doing buddy. good. Weird today. That's that. Well, I'm, I'm weird every day, but this is uh, this is a, t- a tough, tough uh, topic. I'll put it that way. What if the guy is exonerated? I mean, could he seek damages from the university for you know lost? How do you quantify what a person could lose if he's exonerated? That's a great question, and I don't – see, there again, I don't know enough to know where the liability would fall on the university or if there's protection to that. Uh, on the alleged victim, could he go back against her for damages, you know, financial that, has, that he's been cost? I'm, I would assume while he's here, the NIL could be easily figured out. If, for instance, if he's not being paid NIL – I don't know that for sure, Derek. I'm not sure if you do. That that I think they would be able to easily say, well, he lost out on this much money. The the only difference is how much is he losing out with being drafted? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, yeah. is a team that w- was thinking of taking him 18th? Yeah, I don't know who whoever that would be. An example, like the Suns, would they say, guys, you know, it was kind of going to be this guy or this guy? Well, now we know who we're taking, and we're not messing with him. We'll push that on down the river. So, I mean, you know, so there, you know, because 18th compared to 28th in the draft, you're, you're making more money at 18. So I don't know that how you can ever figure that out. But, yeah, it's a good question. It's a great question, JP. Yeah, it, it just, it, 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 yeah, it, it's hard to think about. And, I mean, if he did, yeah, it, it, it's a terrible thing. But, man, all the facts that we see on, on the Illinois side, like you guys said earlier, that you only see, we're only seeing the, the, Sh- the, the Shannon story, right? And, but all these things, man, it just makes it. It kind of smells funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, I buddy. It. Hey, JP, thanks for the call, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a good one. All right, man. Tapman's towing phone line. Uh, it I is a fair s- point to bring up. I said this off the air. Uh, the Muhammad listener just said somebody needs to go to jail. Either way. I mean, I get it. I, I get it. So. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> if it's if it's wow. cut and dry, either it Correct. absolutely happened or it absolutely is being fabricated. Right. Then that would make total sense on why that would be the case. And right now you're in a basically a he said, she said. As of right now, yeah. 
with the he side of it, at least having two witnesses, we think, or more, if you include the Kansas basketball players. Potentially. Potentially. But there again, we don't know what they're. Derek, you and I could go have a beer next door, say. right? And I, I, I got to go to the bathroom at some point, and I'm not going to be around you for two minutes. This thing allegedly occurred in ten to fifteen seconds. So I mean, yeah, it's it's a tough situation. It is tough. Very tough situation going. Yeah, I, I I can imagine that maybe Terrence would try to sue the university if if that were to be the case. Mm-hmm. But then again, like I guess if it if it goes to court and there is no if no temporary restraining order is granted, then that doesn't I, I don't know how that then applies to well the federal court says that the suspension is is warranted, then can in civil suit in terms of Terrence versus the university that come to to a resolution right. of this is how many million dollars you owe Terrence? Because then it's it's hard to land on this is exactly where he was going to go because right now it's all projection. Right, exactly. Can I finish up the hour real quick because we had asked about Kobe and Big Def did some homework for us. Looks like Kobe played. He missed summer with the Lakers due to knee, knee surgery. Charges against him were dropped by the defendant about six weeks before the season started. The civil suit kept going, but Kobe was no longer charged with a crime when the Lakers started the season, so I assume he played. So, thank you, Big Def. Appreciate that. Yeah. All right, we get to take a break, don't we? Like, yeah, I've we never are. been more excited to take a break. <laughs> we're going to catch a break, and then we're going <laughs> to... Luke Goody's coming on at 4.05. Luke Goody. I'm ready to talk to Luke talk about some, some basketball. Talk some actual basketball, and then maybe a little NFL before we get out of here. Anything else you want to weigh in on? 217-359-2255. You have a line link text line. If you do want to hit up the Tatman's Towing phone line, please do so during a break. We can't answer calls uh, while we are on the air. Luke Goody next. Let's go. This is The Drive wondered why you pay your bank to have a checking account with them we do too at fisher national bank we offer free checking accounts that reward you to bank with us our rewards cash back checking offers 2.02 percent cash back on debit card purchases up to 500 dollars monthly no service fees or balance requirements needed to earn rewards for a free checking account that pays you back simply make 12 debit card purchases receive electronic statements and have one direct deposit within a monthly cycle it's so simple we bet you're doing most of these things already. With Rewards Cashback Checking, you have access to Reward Saver, which earns 4.07 annual percentage yield on balances up to 20000 Reward yourself with free Rewards Cashback Checking and Reward Saver, a few of the many ways Fisher National Bank invests in our customers. See monthly requirements at any branch or fishernational.com. Fisher National Bank, exceptional communities, exceptional people. Member FDIC.